Welcome to the Professional DNA Podcast. Hi, my name is Tarika Wheeler, your career and work-life strategist, project management leader, speaker, and the founder and CEO of T. Wheeler Strategic Solutions, a career development and consulting company. It is my mission to help high-achieving professionals just like you discover their defined natural abilities to succeed, navigate the workplace, make more money, and do so without sacrificing your work-life harmony. Here's the thing. Each week, we will have real conversations, and I'm going to share practical strategies that you could use to help level up in your career, no matter where you are in your professional journey. So let's get this thing started so you can use what you got to get what you want. And what are you going to use? Your professional DNA, your defined natural abilities to succeed. You guys ready? Let's go. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Professional DNA Podcast. I hope you guys are well. I'm really excited about this episode. If you're listening to this in order, then we are actually in the month of March 2023, and it is Women's History Month. And so this is a very special episode because I really believe that as women, we hold a very special place in history. And I think especially as moms and moms of other young girls who are young adults who are going to grow up to be beautiful, strong women, that we have just a different place in history. We have a different responsibility, I even think, as we are modeling, you know, day to day, we're, we're walking, working through and walking through life. And we have someone who looks at our every move. We have someone who watches how we operate at home, how we parent, how we work. And when I think about from a professional perspective, you know, I've always thought like, what do my children think? Actually, I'll be honest. I know what some of them, I know what they think in some regards, but for this episode in particularly, I'm really interested in, in what my daughter thinks. And so for this episode, my story, her history, and her being my daughter and our legacy, I am really excited to have a special guest. Um, she is all grins, and I've actually never had any of my kids on the Professional DNA Podcast, so this is a first, and she loves being the first, let me tell you, over her brother. So I would love to introduce you guys, Taylor Nicole Wheeler. Hi, Taylor. Hi. <laughs> Hi, everyone. <laughs> She's the best. I will say there's a lot of episodes where I've used as examples. I know, but I've never, you know, put my voice in the podcast. So this is the first, and I'm excited. Awesome. She listens to podcasts, right? What are some yeah, of your- I listen to basically all of them, especially like the first few were kind of my favorite like the OGs, like the smart goals. Like that's an OG episode that I always go back to because I use it all the time through school, through life. So that's an OG episode for me. Guys, first of all, let me just tell you, I've never heard her say that before. This is not scripted. Like, of course, we know we got a flow. We know things we want to talk about today, but I didn't even know that. I didn't know the smart goals episode was, and it's an OG episode. <laughs> Yeah, we have that. like, you know, 80 episodes. So, yeah, some of them have to be an OG. 84 to be exact. This is the 84th episode. Okay. Well, <laughs> something has to be an OG. You've made so many. That's true. That is really true. It's kind of cool. We're in season three. 
Uh, this is episode 40, 80, 40, 84. And, but it's cool that you think that the episode around SMART goals, but I do think it's a great one. We've had so much feedback around that episode, honestly. You know, it's one of your dad's favorite episodes too. Yeah, it's, it's a good one. Yeah. You can you can use it through all stages of life. I agree. Okay, so if you're listening right now, you're like, wait, I just started listening to the Professional DNA podcast in season three. Go back to season one. Right? Go to SMART goals first. And go to SMART goals and listen to it, says Taylor. <laughs> I think it's like, what, the third one? I think it's the third one. I think, like the right. third I think one. it's episode number three. Well, I'll put it in the show notes, okay? I'll drop it in the show notes, guys. And you can go back, you can listen to it and reference it. That's a good one. Uh, so yeah, it's kind of cool. My daughter listens to the Professional DNA Podcast. And she's not, I mean, she's a student, but I'm going to let her tell a little bit about herself. But she is a student, but she's not quite there in this place where she's a professional and she's in her career. And I think that's one of the awesome things about this podcast, that it, it can translate over into young adults and college students who are preparing to go into the career, just as much as it's those of us who have been working in corporate America or just working in our careers for some time. So that makes me smile. Well, Taylor, tell people a little bit about yourself. What are you doing with your life right now? Um, well, right now I'm kind of, well, I am preparing to graduate from college. Um, Where? <laughs> Where are you graduating I'll from? I'll be graduating from the University of Louisville, um, cum laude. Um, and I am a poli-sci major on a pre-law track. So knowing that my next steps, my dream next steps is like to be in law school. So that's kind of where my trajectory is headed right now. She's so humble, guys. Let me just, <laughs> let me let me do the mommy thing, okay? Okay, they like to brag about me, but yeah, I am a I'm a humble person, but my parents like to brag about me a lot. So I'll give you the bragging facts. I don't think it's I'm, bragged. I think it's facts. But here we go. Go ahead. Um, so college usually takes four years. I'm graduating in three years. Mm -hmm. um, you know, just happens like that sometimes. <laughs> She's so funny, guys. And my academics just allowed me to do that. So here we are. I'm graduating in May. And what are you preparing to do after graduation? I will be going into law school. And how many law schools have you gotten accepted into? Seven. I've okay. gotten into seven. And the crowd goes, wow, wow. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm a proud mama. I am. I don't, it's not a brag. It is a fact. And I think that you should be incredibly proud of your accomplishments. And, you know, I talk about it on the podcast all the time how we have to document our accomplishments. It builds self-confidence. It helps us really prepare and build strategies to advance and grow in our careers. And it also helps get rid of things like imposter syndrome. And so I think even right now, as you're getting ready to go into this new season, if you will, in life, I document those things. I mean, they're kind of like documented anyway, because you'll have a whole ceremony. I must say, guys, <laughs> and then we're going to jump into our topics, but I will say for myself and for my husband, her graduation is really special because Taylor graduated high school in 2020. The COVID year. And that was COVID year. And so she did not have that traditional senior year at all. You know, her senior year was the at least the great parts of it were really 
at home and everything was virtual. And so she had no prom. She had no real kind of graduation where, you know, our family gets together. We come together. We do whole grad parties and all types of things. She didn't really get that. We did a graduation parade and that was kind of fun. And I knew she knew something was up, but I don't think she knew all the things that we had planned for graduation. But this is special to us because we're able to really celebrate her and all her accomplishments and achievements and, you know, take her to that next level. Well, she's taken herself to that level, but really help celebrate her as she goes into that next season. So that's a part of history. That's a part of history, don't you think? It is. And I'll add a fact. Yes. Graduation is on May 13th. I turned 21 on May 10th. Just putting that out there. I don't really understand. I, it's, yes, it's she's, an added celebration. It's an added celebration. We're just going to leave it at that, guys. <laughs> she's turning 21. Lord, help me, okay? <laughs> All right. Well, this episode, guys, I said it's, you know, my story, her history, our legacy. And I truly believe that my story from childhood to teenager to college to adult and present of where I am right now, I really see that as her history. Taylor has watched me at so many different stages of life, but of course not childhood. So I want to share some things today because I think there are things that have happened over the course of my life that I have utilized as a foundation for things that I wanted to do, especially in raising a daughter and things that I didn't want to do. And actually, I don't think she's listened to some of the most recent episodes, but I talk about, you know, my imposter syndrome with even having a daughter. Like, can I raise a young woman in this world? What is that look like can will I be a good mom will I be able (laughs) (laughs) you see guys you see you see but you know like I think um that's something that I struggled with and I talked openly about it in the part one of episode uh, 82 it was episode 82 was part one where we were talking about imposter syndrome and and self-confidence and I really do talk about some of those challenges in after knowing I was going to have a girl and what that was going to be like. So I do think that a part of our story as parents and even as working parents, because I think we exude and exhibit things that we don't even realize, but I think a lot of it does definitely impact our kids. And so let's talk a little bit about my story. I want to talk about some of the things that I think are interesting facts that you probably don't really know about these different stages of life. And I'm interested to think, I, w- I want to know what you think, Taylor, and how you think maybe those um, things that have happened over my life, how you think maybe those are showing up in mom today, or just kind of get your, your thoughts about it. So don't be surprised if I know some stuff. I know your grandparents, you know, they, they tell, they tell you guys things all the time. Exactly. So you might say something and I'll be like, oh, got it. Okay. So childhood, you know, as I was growing up as a child, it was really interesting I always was super active in like everything. My mom or the kids refer to her as Mama Kim had me in so many different activities. And there's actually a collage that I shared with the kids this year for my birthday. And it had so many different pictures (laughs) in it. And it's everything from me being in dance and doing like ballet and tap and jazz. I was in ballet folklorico and for my... What is that? (laughs) Ballet folklorical is a style in the form of dance, um, but it is uh, from the uh, 
Hispanic, Mexican, Latino culture. And I was in this camp one summer learning ballet political. I was the only little black girl, only little African-American and everyone else in the camp was Latino. And yeah, but I was bomb. I was good. I'm sure you were. Yeah, it was pretty great. But to say, I was always involved in something. I was either dance, cheer, ballet political, kickball, basketball, a little bit of everything. And was always, always busy, 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 busy. And I would say for me, that was really important. I think it really helped expose me to so many different types of things. Even when I started to get interested in music and, you know, I wanted to sing. So I sung in the choir at church. I started playing an instrument in the sixth grade. I just always wanted you guys to be busy and to and not just be busy, like to waste time, but really to be busy, to expose you to various different things. And I think even for me, I, I see myself as an adult. I don't know. I feel like I'm, in, I'm oftentimes involved in a lot of things. You think? No, very much. <laughs> But yeah, I would say as a child, that was a big part of my childhood is that I was always involved in activities, um, sports, you know, things within my church all the time. Like Mama Kim and Granny kept me going all the time. Well, I think you can see that in definitely our family because probably one of my first childhood memories is probably being in a cheer uniform. (laughs) Like, I, I think I remember being three years old and like seeing you. (laughs) Like, just coach me. But, yeah, we were always doing something, whether it was... Surprisingly, I was the only family member who didn't play basketball. That's true. (laughs) You, dad, the boys, everyone played basketball except me. That's so true. Which is weird. But, you know, yeah, I did cheer at a very young age. And then I remember when I started softball and the boys were playing baseball. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm um dance yeah i did a little bit of dance because you were my coach <laughs> that's true <laughs> well it was mostly a small stint a small yeah, stint. A small yeah. but mostly it was cheer um that took up a lot of time mm-hmm. but good time mm-hmm. and then we were not to toot my own horn guys but i was a star in all the church plays <laughs> i just want to put that out there it's so funny. Can I? Okay. It's so funny that she says this because Taylor really used to just be so upset because I did not select her. That was one time for the main lead in the play. That so was one time. She was so hurt. And oh, guess what? My you know, okay. This is what made me upset. Okay. I didn't get the lead, but you know, you can sign me number two, number three. She signed me to student number three. <laughs> one line. <laughs> I had one line in the play. And you know what's even worse? I messed up the line in the play. (laughs) The one line I had, I messed it up. Showtime. I felt like she, and honestly, it's so funny. I felt like she did on purpose. She was salty for weeks. Oh my goodness. And honestly, because she had just come off being like two years and being the star. So at our church, I was the director of our our youth ministry and I've talked about that before and one of the things that I wanted to bring into our youth ministry is doing plays and things like that again I mean I'm talking guys we have full-on scripts and roles and scenes and production it was pretty cool and yeah I think the first one that I did you were like 
what is the star? I was the star. You were the star and you did an amazing job. I did. And you know, that just, I guess, didn't transfer over for you because <laughs> man, student number three, that was a hard <laughs> pill to swallow. <laughs> Somebody else, so, you know what? And I'm glad we're talking about this because I needed to give other people an opportunity. I understand that. I understand that. But put me in a supporting role. So I have, so this is good. This is good because that part of your childhood and just also thinking about times in my childhood and I can think about times where I was like, and why am I not in the center or exactly. why am I not in the front row? You're acting like this is, some, this is a surprise. This yeah, is so, so shocking. It's not you shocking. did the same thing as a child. I did. I did. But you know what? I'll tell you it for me has, I think, and I would have never thought this, but when I think about it now as an adult and like in my career, there are times where I'm not front and center. There are times where I'm maybe not in even in the main support role, but I'm a contributor. And mm -hmm. I think as professionals, you know, we all play different roles at different times within our careers. Even when we're in places of leadership and management, we're not always going to be front and center. Or as people say, you know, it's not always about you, right? Sometimes we have to, and I, I think this is especially important, honestly, Taylor, like in leadership, is sometimes we have to step back and allow others to grow in spaces that we have been before and perhaps they've even seen and we've kind of modeled like what excellence looks like and what you know high performance looks like and they've seen that from us and then we kind of step back and allow them to take that space and hopefully they've learned something from us i would say i and that's honestly that's how i feel i feel like i hope that there are things from my story and my life that you have learned there, I mean, all three of you guys I, that you guys have learned from, but you, particularly since you're the only girl and I'm yeah. moms, I'm, you know, got something in common, right? So, <laughs> so I would, I would really hope that there are certain things that you pick up on, but I will tell you, I think you even being in positions of cheer, which we both share that space. Mm -hmm. I cheered, Taylor cheered. And it's so funny, actually, she cheered at a gym very young coach. where I cheered in uh, my high school years. And, but I also coached you, but I think there were times where she wasn't center. She wasn't, you know, the first, the point person in jumps, or she wasn't on the front row for tumbling and not just under my coaching, but even from her uh, gym that she was at. But I think that that builds character. I think it lets you know that you are contributing, but that doesn't mean you always have to be the star. And it also doesn't mean that you're any less of an individual because you're not in like that front spot. No, I do understand that. And I, I see where you're coming from, especially, you know, now looking back how I wasn't kind of in that, you know, leadership role, uh -huh. like kind of mid teen year. Uh -huh. And then I think getting like into my teens in high school, I think that's where I kind of stepped in and uh -huh. became that leader. But uh -huh. by like first sitting back and yeah. kind of, watching um either people older than me or just people who you know been in the gym longer like seeing what they would do and taking that in mm -hmm. and ultimately becoming the leader that i am now absolutely yes come on leader that i am now yes oh, i love it i love it i love it okay so that's something from childhood teen Ooh, as a teenager life was interesting you know i felt like sometimes I was the quote unquote only one. And I, from elementary school, I would say elementary school and high school, you know, I attended predominantly 
white schools. And that's not a bad thing, but it's just where I was. My mom uh, wanted my brother and I to go to certain schools um, in Austin. And so, you know, we're able to make that happen. And it was really interesting because in middle school for me, I actually went to a magnet school uh, back in in Austin. Yeah, I went to Keeling. You went to Keeling? Yes, I went to Keeling. And I went to magnet school. And it was interesting because I was at a school where a lot of people looked like me because of where Keeling is located in the greater East Austin area. Mm -hmm. But I was in classes with people who did not look like me. And most of my classes were all honors and magnet level classes. So that was hard for me. I felt like an outcast amongst people who I thought would accept me simply because we have the same color of skin. And I struggled a lot with my identity honestly, and my kind of preteen in middle school mm-hmm. and going into high school because I just didn't know where I belonged. I thought yeah. I, I couldn't understand why those people who looked like me felt like I was just, you know, less of anything. I just didn't understand that. Did you get called an Oreo? I got because called an Oreo. I did, I did all the time. I got called an Oreo. Yeah, absolutely. I, I got called an Oreo or, you know, why are you trying to sit with us? I remember the very first time I was in a class that was not um, an honors class or banning class. I think it was like uh, biology because science was not my thing. Like that just, <laughs> it's so funny. Taylor doesn't love science either. Science is not my thing. And I remember being in like a, in, uh, like a earth science class and it was just a regular earth science class. And I just felt so alone. Like nobody wanted to talk to me. Nobody wanted to sit with me. And honestly, this is so crazy. But the, the thing that got me at least, you know, off the list, I guess, is because I had two cousins who were in eighth grade. And they were like, I guess, cool. You know, whatever. It's cool. <laughs> and one day, um, this girl who did not like me at all. I don't know why. Like, she had no reason not to like me, but she did it. And she said she was going to fight me after school. And I was so scared. And I told my cousins about it. And oh my did you get in a fight? I did not. Oh. I did not. But I told my cousins about it. And they were like, you know, don't worry about it. We got you. It's okay. I was so scared. I didn't want to, you know, leave the classroom at the end of the day. And she came up and like, I think like she was going to fight me and like people were like coming around and they just didn't know that those were my cousins. And so my cousins, James, my cousin came up, I was on Papa Jerry's side on my dad's side and James came up and he was like, you know, we got a problem. And it was, <laughs> it was like a whole thing. And she was like, oh, no, 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 no. You know, what's going on? Um, you know her? He was like, yeah, that's my little cousin. Like, y'all need to fall back. I would just like to say I had no problems after that at school. Oh my but, gosh. but it was just like, but I felt like, oh my gosh, like, I just felt out of sorts. And I think, but I will tell you, those experiences in both sides, one feeling like sometimes I wasn't always accepted, like by people who look like me, mm-hmm. or being on the other side where I was like the only me, I was the only little cute little brown spot in the room. Yeah. It has helped me in the workforce, like Mm -hmm. hugely, because there are many a times where I have worked in departments, divisions, you know, different roles and jobs that mom has had where I was the only one, right? I was the only woman of color, let alone just, you know, a person of color or minority. I was the only woman of color. And it was difficult, I think, initially, because I felt like I had to like prove myself, but 
I will say my going to school and, and, and being exposed to different cultures and backgrounds was helpful, but also having those moments of feeling isolated was helpful because it helped me in how I was going to operate, I think, just as an individual as a whole. And it was important for me, for you guys to be able to do the same. So think about where you guys went to school. Yeah. And I think when we moved from Texas to Virginia, I think that's when I kind of had that moment Mm -hmm. that you were having. Because, I mean, like you, where we went to school, I was the only Black girl. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I was probably the only Black student until Braylon came (laughs) came to the school. No, there was no, because we had the Januaries, they were there. Okay, well, I think, I think, but like definitely this, in, my in an class, entire elementary school from I could count on one hand. kindergarten to the fifth grade. I could count on one on hand. On one hand, the number yeah. of, yes, I so, agree, I agree. I definitely had those feelings of just being an outsider, uh-huh. especially because where we went to school, it was very different. Uh-huh. Just... It's very very affluent. affluent. (laughs) Yes. Like, you know, we went to school with, like, senators' kids. Yeah, and judges. And, And yeah, judges' kids. And, like, like celebrities' kids. Yeah. So that was different. And then I would come home and, like, in my neighborhood, and it would just be a totally different world. And then I think when we moved to Virginia Uh and... Like my sixth grade class, I was like, it's like seven black kids in my class. <laughs> it was just different. I, it kind of opened my eyes to just see, like, just how different people interact with each other because that's mm-hmm. something that I didn't really get at school mm-hmm. when we were in Texas. Yeah. Um, so going through that, I think that's helped me kind of adapt to different people. Mm-hmm. And then like the same thing with cheer cheer in texas i was pretty much the only black girl cheering Uh in a predominantly white gym we moved to virginia i'm in a predominantly black gym Uh and it it was just so different even Uh though cheer was the same right right it was just different Uh practices were different Uh like just talking to other people was different but how do you think that is going to help you and prepare you or how has it helped you and prepared you like in college and thinking about going to law school or, you know, as you're on this path of however you will choose to practice law um, after you graduate from law school. But what do you, how do you think that those types of experiences will have helped you? Cause I think you guys like are so diverse, like all three of you yeah. really can operate and be around any type of community, um, different socioeconomic groups, different exactly. races. And, like, and with the think? legal community, you, there's everyone. Mm-hmm. Even though, you know, Black lawyers and um, women lawyers are a minority in the legal field, you will see everyone. Yeah. Different cultures, different backgrounds, the clients who you represent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like they're on the spectrum, on mm-hmm. opposite ends of the socioeconomic spectrum. Mm-hmm. And you'll see and interact with everyone. Yeah. So I think those experiences have helped me kind of prepare for that and interact with different people. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's something I'm I'm gonna do every day. 
Right. Yeah. No, awesome. Oh, this is such an awesome conversation. I'm going to talk about one more thing. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to jump into a couple of questions that I want to ask Taylor as we kind of dig into the history side of this episode. Remember, we're talking my story, her history, our legacy. And I want to dig into that. But uh, let's talk a little bit about kind of college and adult, because for me, College, I've, I've shared with the kids, and honestly, they got to be a part of the greater part of my college journey. You know, Taylor knows, you know, I, freshman year in college, I got pregnant. Um, and while I stayed for those years in college with, uh, you know, William, you know, my husband, and and uh, we, I didn't graduate. He did, but I did not. And I ended up going to school full time and working full time and managing Bearcats, <laughs> our right. sports organization. I remember like going to class with you. Yeah, and doing school, but so she kind of got to see me graduate as, well, she got to see me go through school as an adult learner, but still be mom, still be coach, still be, you know, what she saw as, you know, mom and dad in this two-person household, still see me active in the community. So what is, when you think about, like, back on those times, what does that kind of part of my melding of college and adulthood what, what do you think about that? Like, what memories do you maybe have about really, you know, mom having five hats, you know? Yeah, on? It's more of what I don't have a memory of. Mm. I don't have a memory where you lost one of your hats. Interesting. Like you said, you had, you carried five hats. I've, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have known. Mm. Because you handle it really well. And I do remember going to class with you, uh -huh. just sitting outside. Then I, the next, within the next hour, you were taking me to cheer practice. Within the next hour, we were at church. Yeah. Like it was just so many things happening, but it, it just felt like one motion because I saw mom mm. and I saw coach T mm. and I saw Tarika Sorry to use your first name. <laughs> Who was the passed. leader of our youth ministry? I saw all those hats, but you didn't lose one of them. Oh, so God. Don't, don't get emotional. <laughs> this, is, this is a good pause. <laughs> don't get emotional. No, but no, I, I saw you wear all those hats, but not wear all those hats because it was just one continuous thing. And I I never saw you lose sight of anything like with Bearcats, with us, with work, with dad, with anything. Wow. Well, that, I think that's a good segue for us to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and jump into her history. But clearly that's something about your history because those are the things that you remember and things that you, I hope, learned some things from. So guys, yeah. we'll be right back. back guys we are back thanks so much for joining in for another episode of the professional dna podcast i am here with my dollar my dollar my <laughs> daughter taylor <laughs> and we are talking about my story her history and our legacy for this women's history month and it was you know i was thinking about how i wanted to really highlight women's history month and i said you know what right here in my house. There's no better way. No better way. And I've never had one of my, well, no family member at all, but 
definitely not one of my kids on the podcast. I, I do plan to have my kids and my husband on the podcast. It's going to be a show. It is going to be a show. Lord help us, right? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so I wanted to start with Taylor and um, really dig into this topic. And so I hope you guys have enjoyed the conversation thus far. Right before the break, you're kind of talking about this idea of not really knowing the hats. And that's interesting because if, you know, for my working parents out there, especially my working mamas, I know that we feel like we wear a lot of hats. And that's the first time I've heard Taylor say that she didn't see it as hats. She just saw it as mom. Mm -hmm. And I think we, that sat with me a little bit. I had, I had a little, you know, that little like gulp <laughs> choke moment. Um, I try not to get emotional on this, on this show, but I, it made me think about how much we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to manage all of the hats, but what do our kids see? And we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to be this perfect mom, right? The great mom, the perfect dad, the great caretaker, the great aunt, whatever role that we play in kids' lives. And I don't think we ever step back and think about what it is that they see and through their eyes. And so that's pretty cool that that's how you saw it. Because I definitely felt like there were many hats, especially the time where I was in school. Mm -hmm. You know, I was mom, I was wife, I was vice president and head of all things cheer for Capital City Bearcats. I was the youth director at church. I was on the praise team. I was singing in a contemporary gospel group. Mm -hmm. You did all the things. I was a full-time student. You did all the things. It's all the things. It was a lot. It was a lot going on. But looking through another lens, it's like, man, she does it all. Hmm. What, what do you think about, though, if you say, when you say she does it all, because mm -hmm. I want to talk about this kind of her history part, because I feel like this is you watching mom is a part of your history, like almost like a history book, right? And, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, when, a long book. it's a long book, I know, right? But when you say she does it all, what type of connotation does that have? Is that a positive connotation? Is that a negative connotation? Is that a... Well, I think when when would when you like you look at it i feel like you would think it would be a negative con connotation because you're like oh like i'm doing all these things i'm mm -hmm. wearing all these hats i can't really prioritize my mm -hmm. um like life or work or mm -hmm. cheer or whatever like you feel like you can't prioritize anything mm -hmm. but when you look at it through like your kids lens and like my lens it's more about I mean, she doesn't know how much she really does, how strong she really is, because she thinks she's like battling with all these hats, but really it's just, just one big hat. Mm. You got a big hat. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's just one big hat and it's just all these umbrella hats, if you will, mm -hmm. that you take on, but really it's just, it's just Tarika. It's just you. Like you just, you just, you just do it. And you might think it's a battle, but from our side, it's just like, it's a great mom. Aww. That's, that's just what we see. We just see a great mom who's just has the 
capacity and the and the will and the greatness to to do all these things. This will be a great mom. Don't get all sentimental on me. It's kind of hard not to. <laughs> okay. Okay. So <laughs> no, I mean it, it's um that's refreshing to hear. And that it's very positive coming from our eyes. That's refreshing to hear. That's refreshing to hear. I've never asked you that question, so mm-hmm. okay. Well let's 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 talk about a little bit in this space of when I and I think about her history, you know. I can think back on mom, McKim, mm-hmm. my mom, right? You guys, mom, McKim. And I can think about my grandmother and the things that I saw growing up where I feel like they were like my history book, right? Mm-hmm. Like from granny's perspective, you know, there are just certain things that I do and I don't do because of how she raised us to be. Like there's just certain things yeah. like I would never wear jeans to church <laughs> she would have a fit right i would not let alone i mean in her mind probably wouldn't even wear pants but you know got past that or not having like stockings or tights on my legs oh my gosh like the very first time i wore a suit and a dress and she saw me in my like adult years with no stockings and legs she looked at me with like the death threat (laughs) like are you serious but you know there's just certain things um i watched mama kim where i think i get a lot of my drive and persistence and ingenuity and ambition and what i see is wearing multiple hats Mm -hmm. i get a lot of that i think from mama kim and things that she instilled in me you know she coached me in basketball she always had us involved me and you know basketball Yes, you didn't know that. Oh. You know, Mama Kim was my basketball coach. That's funny. At the Y, she was. She was oh. serious. She was serious though. Like we were good, Taylor, but she at the Y. We're not talking about this. Okay. My kids always throw the major shade about me being playing <laughs> basketball at the Y. First of all, Taylor has never played basketball. Let's be clear. Okay, I can still shoot a basketball. You can, absolutely. And then my boys, you know, they see any pictures of me <laughs> with my YMCA jersey, or not a jersey, it's not even a jersey, it's a shirt. It's t-shirt jersey. We're, I'm sorry. We're not talking about okay. this. They are so, uh, they're a mess, they're a mess. But anyways, Mama Kim, <laughs> where we were, Yeah. she just, for me, really modeled what strength looked like. She mm-hmm. modeled, you know, I, as you talked about remembering going to class with me, you know, me and Mama Kim actually graduated from the same university. Did you know that? No. So I graduated from St. Edwards. Um, and when I was little, like one and two years old, after Mama Kim graduated from high school, she went to St. Edwards. She's an accounting major. And oh, for- yeah, just like that. She's a county major. And we, I went to class with her on campus too. So it was like a really emotional <laughs> closing of the circle when I graduated from St. Ed's because that's where Mama Kim graduated. And I was on that campus with her like plenty of times. Oh, wow. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. And so are you. Look at that. Generations. Look at this. Right? But really, she instilled a lot in me and just watching how hard she worked 
and what she did to support, you know, myself and, and Nathaniel, <coughs> excuse me, it was pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. And she wore a lot of hats, you know, as well. And it was pretty amazing to watch. And so hearing you say that there's a, that's really cool because I definitely see Mama Kim in a lot of the ways that you've talked about. So when we talk about her story, our, her history, <coughs> if I was a history book, okay. <laughs> if I was a history book, yeah. what would you say are some things that you've learned from me? So they say you learn from history, right? Yeah. Or they say history repeats itself and dear God, there are some things from my past that I don't want you to repeat. Let me say that. Mm -hmm. But I'm curious, like what yeah. would you say you some of the things you've learned. Okay, I'll say two big things. Okay. One is definitely your drive. Mm -hmm. I have definitely inherited that from you. Um, especially looking at you working now, like I'll come in your office and it's like two in the morning and I'm like, mom, what are you doing? <laughs> and like, you're writing a proposal. And I'm like, mom, it's 2 a.m. What are you doing? Go to bed. But I see that in me because I just remember all those nights where I came home from cheer practice mm -hmm. and I would not go to sleep unless an assignment was done. I would not. True. That is something I never do. I make it my business to finish something before I go to sleep. And I think that's something I learned from you because it's just the drive for a bigger goal mm -hmm. and a bigger purpose mm -hmm. well i will tell you i am not a proponent of you staying up to two o'clock in the morning i'm definitely not a proponent for you for staying up two o'clock in the morning it's the and, principle and the work but it is the principle and i can imagine in law school you have some long nights exactly some early morning and i think if i hadn't done it earlier like yeah. if i hadn't done it like in high school mm -hmm. when i was yeah taking honors ap classes i probably that would not be in me in, in law school wow. going forward. Yeah. I mean, because guys, honestly, when Taylor was cheering, there would be times where they practice three and four times a week, especially if they're getting ready for a big national comp. Mm -hmm. And her gym was all the way in Maryland. And so that was a good 45 minute drive. And if they got done with practice at nine o'clock, 10 o'clock, sometimes if they went late, you know, we're driving back to Virginia and she's getting home at you know, 10 45, 11 o'clock at night. She's got a shower, maybe. you know, maybe eat something. <laughs> and then she was up for at least another hour, sometimes too, doing homework. And I watched her persevere through that. And we always, you know, the conversation was that like, this is not something that she had to do. This is a desire that she wanted to do. And Taylor cheered at an elite level for four years, plus cheered at her school, plus did honors and AP classes and maintained a high GPA. And did she, I, you know, kind of dope girl yeah, she get it from my mom <laughs> but i'm saying i i i could i definitely think while i'm not the proponent of like staying up late all the time like there has to be some boundaries that you set no, no, for yourself I and i think on yeah. the other side you know i learned that from you to sometimes you know you got to prioritize sleep absolutely and rest and i think even though i have to remind you sometimes you do that <laughs> Yes. You do it. And I definitely get that from you. But um, my other big thing. Okay. And it's a little, yeah, but uh -oh. is I learned from you not to tolerate lying. Mm. 
Speak, child. I do not tolerate lying. And Speak, I that's child. something I distinctly learned from you because <laughs> you always say it and you still say it. Like you can I you say like I can take a lot of things, mm-hmm. but I don't take lying. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I have instilled in me. Because you know, if you lie, you cheat. If you cheat, you steal. Mm. If you steal, you kill. Teach Taylor. Teach the people. You know? Absolutely. So I'm a firm believer in that. And I always say that. I say that to my friends, even when I'm making friends. Like if they ask me, like, what's one thing that, you know, your biggest pet peeve or something like that, I always say lying. Yeah. Because that's something I don't tolerate. Lying leads to a break of trust. If you don't have trust, you don't have anything. So, and I think that that is definitely something I have learned from you, especially like you lead by example, because I don't tolerate it. Yeah, I don't. I don't. You're absolutely right. I don't tolerate it. And and it honestly, I don't. And it doesn't matter whether it's in my you know personal professional world. No, yeah, I've seen it in both personal and and professional. Yeah, I see it through both lenses, and I've experienced it in my personal life and school life. And cheer, mm-hmm. I've experienced it through all those lenses. It's something I will not tolerate. Yeah, absolutely. Trust and honesty are huge. They're big core values for mm-hmm. me. And I've even said, you know, to you guys as kids, I don't care how bad it is. Suck it up. <laughs> I don't care how bad it is. Do not lie to me. Yeah. And there have been some things that my kids have shared with me that I wish I didn't know. <laughs> But would you rather? But I would much rather know, and then we work through it and have the conversations that we need to have. I love that. Okay, those are two. Those are two good things. I love that. Um, what kind of traits? So you've talked about a couple of them, but I'm curious. Also, kind of in this space of like history, Mm -hmm. and you know, they say history repeats itself, and that we can learn from history, right? So, what type of traits of mine do you feel like you've picked up? Probably one that off the top of my head, your like willingness to stay disciplined, mm. I think is a big one. Mm-hmm. Like even, you know, we're, we're talking about like you being an adult learner, going back to school, like not everybody can do that. Mm-hmm. Like once you stop school, it's hard to go back and millions of people do not go back. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you had that discipline in you to just, go back with kids, with the husband, with full-time job, with Bearcats, with St. James, just with everything, all your hats, all your little hats, (laughs) you just decided, I'm going to add one more and I'm going to, I'm going to get through it. And you did. So Mm -hmm. I think that's one trait I definitely have picked up. Mm -hmm. Um, especially like right now, you know, there's when many people graduate and think about going to grad school or Mm -hmm. law school, they take a break. Mm -hmm. Always, always. It's, it's, it's kind of, it's normal to do that. We talked about you taking a break. Yeah, we did. We talked about me taking a break. Um, and I've more or less decided against it. Mm -hmm. But it's it's normal for people to take a break before going into that next step. But they always say it is so hard. 
it, it's it's just so hard to go back to school. Like mm-hmm. when you stop school, it's just hard to start that up again. It's hard to start learning mm-hmm. like material and dense material, especially something like law. Like yeah. that is hard to go back to when you stop like undergrad. And so, yeah. Um, yeah. so I think when I was starting that law application process, especially with having this extra year since I'm graduating early, mm-hmm. you know, that's something I really thought about. I yeah. love how she brushes over graduated early. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just, as a mom, as a mom, the fact that this girl is graduating undergrad three years early, cum laude. Not three years early. I'm sorry, not three years early, but <laughs> she's years. graduating in three years. She's graduating in three years, cum laude, going to law school. Like I, as a mom, and I can say this, I say, let, let me say selfishly why. Every time she brushes over it, I usually like correct her and pop because for me, I honestly sit back and like, wow, I have, I have had a hand in creating this amazing young woman who is making her own history every day that she operates in this life. Girl. I just, it's, it's amazing <laughs> to me. I'm honored to be your mother. It is. I am. I'm so proud of you. And I love your humble spirit, which is why I I, I know we're joking. We're like, it's why I remind you. Do you know how amazing you are? You're not, you know, especially in the world like today, you're not a statistic. You have broken through so many different challenges that you've had personally and just growing up as a teenager and you have persevered in so many ways and you know we all have challenges we all have things that we you know don't like about ourselves that we want to work through and get better at but you have been able to really persevere and not only just persevere but persevere with excellence and that's something to celebrate so i never let you just brush over it but also selfishly i'm like i remember when i thought that i wasn't going to be a good mom and how was i was going to raise a daughter that I was like, I don't, I don't want her to be like me. Like that's, that's. Wait, did you know I was going to be a girl? Or did you wait till like I was born? No, we found out. Oh. I had to know, girl. Mm. I couldn't wait. I had to know. I had to know. We had to know. I had to do all the planning. So we had to know. But yeah, so that's, that's, that's awesome. I just, but I hear you on that. The discipline piece is huge. I think that will help you in the long run. And um, I will say, you know, for those of you guys who are listening, if you are that working parent or maybe not. And you're just thinking about going back to school. I'm not going to sit up here and say it was easy because it wasn't easy, but it was discipline and the vision that I had for my overall life at that time that helped me push through. I also wanted to set that example. And I wanted to show my kids like these things are possible Mm -hmm. and education is important. And for me, I wanted to complete my degree for myself, but there's a piece of me that also wanted to do it for them. They are a driving force in so many ways that they don't even realize. My kids inspire me all the time. I was actually on a live just the other day and I was talking about like, they don't even even realize the things that they do that push me and drive me and remind me, you know, about the things that I want to do in in life. Well, what are some things that you won't do? What are things that you've observed? <laughs> I won't do. Yes. Yeah, so you, you know, you said the things that you know you picked up, and but what are some of the things you like? No, no, no. Like you've seen it and you've observed me doing it, and you're just like, I, I can't, I can't do that. 
or something that I'm do I'm doing that you're like you need to stop and I won't be doing that like things that you're like oh I wish mom would stop doing that but I'm curious like what is on the other side of what's on the other side you tell me the good stuff but what's on the other side okay this is hard this is a hard question but <laughs> um, one thing that I'm not gonna say hate but I really dislike, dislike. yes good choice of words is you know you don't prioritize yourself a lot mm. you don't like you can probably count on one hand the times during a week where you can just sit with no laptop and just turn on the TV and just and just kick it. I don't watch a lot of TV. No, you don't. But that's not a bad thing. No, but it could be watching TV. It could just be just sitting with mm -hmm. it, just 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 sitting and relaxing. I think I'm getting better. I've been. I talk so much about work life harmony. And I coach about work-life harmony all the yeah. time, right? And I do think I'm getting better. No, I think I, you do. You, you are getting better. But, you know, you needed that push to, you know, get But better. that's something you want to be sure you're prioritizing yourself. Yeah. But I, I agree. Especially going in to law school because Absolutely. that is very, that's very key to even being successful. And yeah. and getting through it is sometimes you, you got to put the books down. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Take a step back. I agree. Absolutely. A thousand percent. Thousand percent. Anything else? Hmm. <laughs> one one uh -oh. thing I won't do. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh-oh. What? Um this is hard. I mean, because you do a lot of great things that I, yeah. I'd like to take after. Yeah. But um That's okay. Don't hurt yourself. I love it. I yeah, you you know, this, this is a compliment. Yeah, I, I love it. So I love it. I love it. All right. Well, you let me know if you think about it. And if she, if she shares something extra, guys, I'll add it to the show notes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's wrap this thing up a little bit, Taylor. I want to talk about legacy. Mm -hmm. uh, when I think of legacy, you know, there are certain things that kind of come to my mind. Yeah. I think about, you know, what I'm leaving behind, what I'm leaving you guys. Um the impacts and such that I'm making, you yeah. know, not just in the lives of my kids, but in the lives of others, in the lives of the community, in the lives of the field that I work in, all different types of things. So mm -hmm. what do you, when you hear the word legacy, what yeah. does legacy mean to you? When I hear the word legacy or transparency, mm -hmm. I think of Hamilton because <laughs> we there's a, no stop because I, I have a point. Because there's a song. First of all, I love Hamilton. Yes, <laughs> I watch it all the time. How I many times? To all the time. How many times have you seen Hamilton? Like on, on Disney Plus? No, 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 not on Disney Plus because I'm sure that's a ridiculous number. But like in person, how many times have you seen Hamilton? Only one time. Just one time. Yeah. Okay. In New Hopefully, York. two more. In New York, though, that was the only time. Yeah. Okay. How many times have you watched it on Disney Plus or just whatever? Since it came out in 2020, it's 2023. Like, how many times do you watch Hamilton in a week? It's gone down. It really has gone down. <laughs> what did it used to be? But it used to probably be, like, every day. <laughs> but, Obsessed. so, when I think of, he... Um, it's a legacy. I'm sorry. The, we digress. The producer and writer of this musical, he wrote a song for Hamilton um, called Who Lives, Who Dies, Who Tells Your Story. 
Oh, who tells Yes. So, and it's about Hamilton leaving his legacy as mm-hmm. a founding father. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like when I'm gone, mm-hmm. who's going to tell my story? Who knows my story? Mm-hmm. What do, what, I, what have I left behind? Yeah. That someone can take that and say, this was Taylor. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think of Hamilton. And I think of how am I going to impact not just like maybe like the legal community or the world or my, like just my friends or whatever, Mm -hmm. but more about how am I impacting my family, my future kids, my, Mm -hmm. um, future colleagues Mm -hmm. or just anyone who I've interacted with, Mm -hmm. how am I going to impact them in a way where they can say, like they can describe me in a way that I want to be described. So, yeah. The way you think about legacy is very similar to mine. You know, I, I think about what would my children say about me? Mm -hmm. What would dad say about me? What would my colleagues and, you know, folks that I work with say about me? You know, what, what is the footprint that I'm making? What is the impact that I'm making? I think about how I ultimately want to move through this life that we're so blessed to have. But even what, what, what would you say about yourself? And what would I say about myself? Yeah, that's true. That is true. So question. So if someone asked you, you know, what would you say about mom? Like you had to describe your mom. What what, mm. what would like, I, don't, okay. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but what no, what would you say? Like how if if someone said like what is the, what do you feel like, like the legacy your that your mom has left for you? What would you I think maybe like to sum it up, I'd be like, nothing in this world is too big for her to conquer. Mm. Like if I could put it all in that sentence, Mm -hmm. I'd probably say that. And, you know, I'd say kind of what I was talking about earlier and say, she's, she has done so many things in her life and impacted so many people from us to dad to her clients her co-workers her bosses her sibling her nieces that are growing up mm-hmm. and you will see you you could see all the hats that she wears but at the end of the day that's just who she was mm. like she didn't do anything. That's his who she was. She was that person. Mm. I think stop. <laughs> I think that's how I would describe you. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay, guys, too much. <laughs> too much. I just, you know, I was Taylor, I'm so glad we did this episode. Yeah, it was fun. I think this is fun. And I do think, I think, sweetheart, and please know you are 
writing your own story right now and are literally like your history right now, but you're also a history in the making. And I am so honored and so blessed that, you know, I'm a part of that. Mm-hmm. And I get to see how my life has impacted and is impacting yours, but also the unique trajectory that you're going to be on in designing your own story, your own path. And there's so much to, there's so much for you to conquer yourself, you know, but yeah, my story, your history, her history, and our legacy. legacy. Yeah. You know what I think you should do? What? I think you should link that Hamilton song in the the notes. Oh my gosh. I'll link the Hamilton song in the notes. Done. I'll I'll link the Hamilton song in the notes. Guys, this has been awesome. I hope you (laughs) enjoyed it. Thank you, Taylor, for joining. And you guys know. My pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. It was my pleasure as well, sweetheart. And you guys know how I feel about you. You have everything. What? What is it? You have everything (laughs) inside of you to be your best and unique self. And that's your professional DNA. Your defined natural natural. ability to succeed. Boom. You heard it here from me and my Taylor. (laughs) Thank you, sweetheart. Happy Women's History Month, everyone. Until next time. Bye. Bye, guys. Thank you for tuning in to the Professional DNA Podcast. Don't forget, guys, sharing is caring. Be sure to share this episode with a colleague, a friend, or just the random person that you see next to you after you finish listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to write a review wherever you listen to podcasts. And for more information about career strategies, resources, info about trainings, upcoming events, etc, etc, etc. Please be sure to sign up for the Achiever newsletter for high achieving professionals just like you. The link's in the show notes. Until next week, don't forget guys, you have everything inside of you to be your best and unique self. And what is that? Your professional DNA. See you later.